All right. So welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Life Artist Show, where we discuss all kinds of things, diabetes with a twist. With your host, my name is Mariel Morales. I am a diabetes educator, and I am the CEO and founder of Beautiful and Confident LLC. And what I do is I teach women with type 2 diabetes how to live a healthy life, prolong their life, so that they can actually become the artists of their own life and know that they will not be defined by diabetes. So let me know you're here. Jenny Diaz, saludos desde Puerto Rico. Hello, Puerto Rico in the house. Very nice. And welcome. Also, if you're listening to our podcast, Diabetes Doesn't Define Me podcast. Uh, so thank you so much for our viewers live on the show on Facebook and also the listeners to our Diabetes Doesn't Define Me podcast. And today we're going to be talking about what is diabetes. So I'm going to be sharing some things on my screen so that you can uh, get better understanding as to what this disease is about. And you know, there's a lot of people you know that have diabetes. You need to spread the word because more people need to get educated. If they're spending time on social media, might as well get educated with somebody that actually has a background on diabetes education. So I've been a diabetes educator and dietitian for about 13 years. It's a huge passion of mine to talk about this and share as much knowledge as I can possibly um, share. And today we're gonna be starting kind of from the beginning. Yesterday, if you watched the show and if you didn't, just go back to it and watch it. We were talking about kind of the impact that diabetes could have in the life of um, a woman with diabetes and we talked about how it decreases productivity a great deal because a lot of women are getting diagnosed in the ages of 45 to uh, 45 to 50 and 45 to 64 so right before uh, retirement in kind of in the middle of the years of they can actually be as most productive as possible being either at home with their families or maybe at their jobs so let's get started let me get to sharing the screen. Okay. And typing one, if you can see the screen, let me know if it's already up and if it's showing properly. And let's pump those hearts so that we can uh, get the love and feel the love and the appreciation that you have for this show. So typing number one, when you see my screen. Hey, Cheryl, welcome. So number one, when you see the screen, please. You change your business page name. Hey, girl. Well, I didn't change my business page name. This is another part of my business. Uh, I'm glad that you are here and that you can see my screen. Thank you for the number one, Cheryl. So Cheryl started with me when I was doing makeup and confidence. Um, talks and programs and um, those are still part of my business that's why my big umbrella is called beautiful and confident LLC that is my company and within that company I also teach diabetes because I am not only a diabetes educator dietitian but I'm also a certified makeup artist so this is why it's diabetes with a twist because I teach all things regarding how to manage the disease, but I'm also gonna get you back to restoring your self-confidence so that you can feel like the woman that you were meant to be, regardless of having a chronic condition. So thank you so much for that. So let's get started, ladies and gentlemen, if anybody else is listening. So we're gonna talk about what causes type two diabetes first. And 
Remember, there's different types of diabetes, but we're focusing on type 2 diabetes today. And one of the main things that's causing type 2 diabetes is age. As we age, things fall down through the cracks and we start just going downhill from there. It shouldn't be that way, but it is. Uh, and once you hit 45 years of age, you may be at more risk of developing type 2 diabetes. Another thing that is a major cause of type 2 diabetes is sedentary lifestyle. So if you are being a couch potato or if you're being a computer girl where you're sitting in front of the computer most of your day and then you drive and sit some more and then you come home and you may do a little bit of things here around the house, but you're not really very physically active anymore, that is the main cause of type 2 diabetes. Also high cholesterol and high blood pressure can put you at risk of developing type 2 diabetes. And if you have it in your genes, ladies, if your family has diabetes, it's very likely you will develop it as well. So for example, I have family, my families have diabetes on both sides, my dad and my mom's side, mainly on my mom's side. And now me and my sister are at a very high risk of diabetes. We're actually pre-diabetics. And we started having hypoglycemia back when we were like five years old, and now we're in the pre-diabetes stages, also dealing with PCOS, which is another one that can cause type 2 diabetes in the future. So another one is the ethnicity. Hispanics and African Americans are unfortunately going to be more prone to diabetes type 2, and it seems to be very related to our culture and the way we live and how food is something that we utilize as our love language. We share the love and we, we express love by giving food and giving lots of it. And so most of it is not very healthy. So that could be one of the reasons why us Hispanics and African-Americans are suffering from diabetes much more than other ethnicities. And if you were a woman that had diabetes during your pregnancy and you didn't lose the baby weight, you and your baby, after several years, may be at risk of developing type 2 diabetes as well. So it's very important if you had gestational diabetes or diabetes during pregnancy, that even though it went away right after you gave birth, that you have to be careful because it could come back and not leave you ever again. And then, of course, obesity, which is growing rampant, um, rapid, all, rap, very rapidly all over the world, but especially here in the United States. If you notice, there are eight risk factors here, and four of them can be modified. So we cannot change our age, right? We cannot change our family. We cannot change our race, but we can change all the others. We can change the sedentary lifestyle. We can change the weight if we're obese or overweight. We can improve our cholesterol, and we can improve our high blood pressure. Oh, and we couldn't get rid of um, diabetes during pregnancy. So four out of these risk factors can be modified and help you prevent diabetes. So what are the signs and symptoms of somebody that's developing diabetes? Well, not everybody has symptoms, first of all. So there's um, millions and millions of people in the United States that do not know that they have diabetes and they're walking around feeling fairly normal because they don't have any symptoms. Usually these symptoms are going to develop when you've had diabetes for a while and now your sugars have been very out of control for a long time. Hey, Krista, welcome to the show. So again, ladies, if you cannot stay for the whole show, you can go to lifeartistlink.com so that you can follow us on all of our social media and also on YouTube 
so that you can catch the replay at a later time and also on our podcast, Diabetes Doesn't Define Me. And so talking about the signs and symptoms, frequent urination is one of them. These are people that are going to be like, you know what? It doesn't matter if I drink a lot of water or not. I'm just constantly urinating. It's just like I can't sleep. I can't stop going to the bathroom. They're also going to be extremely thirsty. So they're drinking lots of fluids and they're urinating all consistently. So it's kind of a vicious cycle. Increased hunger is another one. You notice that you eat and eat and you don't feel satisfied. And weight loss is actually something that we think, well, how is it that obesity was causing diabetes, but yet weight loss is a symptom? Well, that's a very good question. The reason is when your sugars get very out of control, you know, they've been in the three, four, five, six hundreds for a while, and you didn't know about it, it means all of those calories from the sugar are not turning into anything in your body. Therefore, you're just not utilizing that energy. And when that energy gets stored, that's how we gain weight. And if it's not getting stored anywhere, because we're also peeing all that extra sugar out and all of that, then it's going to cause us to have severe weight loss. So this is somebody that's eating tons of food, not really trying to lose weight, and actually losing 20, 30 pounds out of the blue. And that's how they go to the doctor. I don't know what happened. I'm losing weight and I'm not trying to lose weight. Also, they feel like they have lack of interest and concentration. They're just like kind of foggy all the time, extremely tired and um, weak and just sluggish all around. And they may start noticing they have numbness and tinglings on their hands and feet. But again, you do not have to have these symptoms to know you have diabetes. Lots of people do not have any symptoms at all and do get diagnosed with diabetes. So how are we going to diagnose it if we have somebody that's been experiencing some of these things or maybe not experiencing anything at all? So first of all, if you go for your regular uh, physical, they are going to order some lab work and they're going to test your fasting blood sugars. So if your sugars are below 100, you do not have diabetes, your body is doing well. And also they're going to test if you have your A1C, which is the average of your sugar for the last three months. And if that one is a 6.5% and above, we are going to consider um, you to be a person with diabetes. But we have the pre-diabetes stage here. And I like to bring it up because a lot of people say borderline and borderline is not a real thing because nobody's on the border. You're either one thing or you're another. So you are either non-diabetic or you're pre-diabetic, which means you're starting to have impaired sugars. Your sugars are going up, just not as high as they should to be diagnosed with diabetes. But you're already you know, showing some of the signs in risk factors of diabetes. And if you're in the pre-diabetes stage, this is the best stage to be in because this is when you can actually reverse it, make lifestyle changes, lose the weight, start eating healthier, and you can go back to normal levels. But if you do not do anything about it, you will jump onto diabetes and then now we're gonna have a problem. So if your A1C level, again, your average of the three months was between 5.7 to 6.4%, then that means you're in the pre-diabetic stage. You're not on the border of anything. You are pre-diabetic. And it means you're fasting sugars in the morning when you don't eat anything for eight hours. You're waking up with numbers between 100 to 125 milligrams per deciliter. 
And if they did it to our glucose tolerance test, which means some people are, we're not quite sure, you know, your doctor is not quite sure, your team in your diabetes team is not quite sure if you really have diabetes, they might send you to the lab to do a two oral glucose test. That means they're gonna give you something with lots of sugar, it's usually a beverage, or they might have you eat a super high carb breakfast, and then they're gonna test your sugars an hour and two hours after. If your sugar did not go above 140, then you're fine. We definitely know you're really not diabetic. But if you went between 140 and 199, we know you're in the pre-diabetic stage because your sugars should go back to normal after we eat if you don't have diabetes. And if you do have diabetes, your sugars will stay in the 200s and above two hours after that glucose tolerance test. So these are different um, tests that they can do. So again, the fasting blood sugars, they're also gonna test your A1C or they could do a glucose tolerance test to make sure that in fact you have diabetes. Now, what is diabetes, right? So diabetes is a condition where your blood sugar does not go back to normal because you're having problems with your hormones that do not work properly. Your insulin specifically, you're either resistant to your own insulin or you don't make enough insulin. And other hormones are no longer communicating properly. Therefore, whenever you eat, foods with carbohydrates, your body cannot bring your sugars back down to normal levels. And there's eight core defects that we can talk about in another, um, another one of the shows or maybe in one of my classes. And not everybody with diabetes has the same problems. So it's important that you know that, that not every single body itself will be struggling with the same issues. So some may make enough insulin, they just don't use it properly because they're resistant to it. And some may not make enough and also be resistant, and some may not make any at all, and those are usually type 1 diabetes. Or you can be in the diabetes station, you've had it for a while and you didn't know about it, or you have not been taking care of it, and now you no longer produce insulin. So every single person with diabetes has a different issue that they're dealing with. This is why it's so important that your treatment should be tailored to you and not a copy, a carbon copy of someone else's treatment. So what I do want to say today is a diagnosis of prediabetes or diabetes doesn't have to be a death sentence, right? But it can be a way for you to take control of your health and prolong your life. Perhaps you've been misbehaving and eating everything on sight and just not doing exercise, gaining weight, and really not taking care of your body. And you think that nothing is going to happen, that you can keep doing this for a while. But... How about if you do get diagnosed with prediabetes or diabetes? Yeah, it's something we don't want to have, but it could be the opportunity that you needed to get them to be aware of your body, to be aware of what you're doing to it so that you can take control and actually go back to a healthier state. So I do not see diabetes or prediabetes as a death sentence and something horrible that can happen. I see it as this can be my opportunity to actually take control of my health and prolong my life the way I would have never done it if I had not had this disease. So what do you think about that um, statement? Because it's something that a lot of people do not look at it that way. They just think this is the worst thing that could have happened to me, the worst thing that could have happened to my family member, to my spouse, but it isn't. It could be an opportunity for the entire family to get healthier. So I want you to remember that you can be as healthy as can be and just deal with 
your body not being able to regulate your sugars properly, you control it with diet, exercise, and maybe medicines. And that it's okay. You are not defined by your diabetes and you do not have to be defined by your diabetes. You can continue to create the life that you dream of and become the artist of your own life. So thank you so much for all of you to, uh, to be watching. If you actually click that share button, I want to thank you for that. Thank you so much for the ones that are going to watch it on replay. If you watch on replay, um, write down hashtag replay so that I can um, greet you and tell you hello later on. And thank you so much for the ones that were listening on the podcast, the Diabetes Doesn't Define Me podcast. And again, just remember you can catch our replays or our podcast and follow us on all of our social media platforms on lifeartistlink.com lifeartistlink.com and if Andrea you would do me the favor and type that in the comments lifeartistlink.com so that anybody can go to it later and catch everything that we have to offer so thank you so much for watching and I will see you tomorrow again at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when we're going to start talking about other things regarding diabetes that I just forgot what the topic is about tomorrow. But let me see if I have it here real quick because I just drew a blank and I cannot remember. But I want you to know what it is about. Okay, tomorrow we're going to be talking about knowing your numbers. We're going to discuss more in detail about A1C levels, what they mean, what they should be at. And we're going to talk about the glucose goals. That, can be in the, that should be individualized for everybody, but we're going to give you the uh, most common numbers that are recommended for anyone with diabetes. So do not miss it tomorrow again at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And have an amazing day, and thank you all for watching.